To venerate is to hold in great respect. This great nation of ours is filled with great people that have a story to tell. The Veneration Nation is a storytelling podcast. Storytelling from the distinguished and sometimes controversial members of our community. We will document the stories behind these great people. Join us, listen, and learn. Are you someone we need to talk to? Or do you have a suggestion of someone we should be talking to? Email us your suggestions to the Veneration Nation at Outlook.com. Now, the Veneration Nation podcast, based out of the great Pacific Northwest in Ording, Washington. Well, welcome this evening, uh, everyone. Uh, we've got a gentleman on the line from north of the border uh, resides in Victoria, British Columbia. I'd like to introduce everyone to Thomas Donaldson, who is originally from Scotland. Uh, take it away, Tom. Okay. My twin brother Jack and I were born in Glasgow, Scotland, on the 19th of February, 1934. 34. We had a happy childhood until 1939 and the Second World War started. The Luftwaffe started bombing Glasgow and we had to go into safe shelters. The government deemed it unsafe and along with other children, we were evacuated to a farm in Lockerbie, Scotland. Jack and I hated it and after two weeks, our mum came and took us home. All schools were closed, and to keep us busy, my twin and I had to take piano lessons. Piano lessons? Which we, yes, which we were both excelled at and won a few competitions. We also joined the Boys Brigade, which we were both enjoying. I received the Queen's Badge, which was the highest honor. When I was 19 years old, I was drafted into the Highland Light Infantry for national service for two years. I signed on for another three years and was sent to Tel El Kabir in the Canal Zone. Not the place to be, and I had second thoughts why I signed on. My twin emigrated to the USA with a friend when he was 17 years old. And, 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 eight, and, and what's your twin's yep. name? Jack. Jack, okay. When he was 17 years old. Okay. And at eight, 18 years of age, he joined the U.S. Army, served in Korea and Vietnam, where he was wounded and served for 25 years. When I was 23, I decided to emigrate to Canada. I had $60 in my pocket and a set of dance band drums. I played in a country and western band around BC called Al Addison and the Western Airs. Are, 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 are there any tapes or any audio no. from that band anywhere? No. They, they never had anything back in 57. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> around B.C. and the Western Airs also on the radio. I worked for the B.C. government in finance for a few years. Then Island Tug and Barge went back to work for the federal government for 24 years as a supervisor of stationery and publications. 
played drums with the Canadian Scottish Regiment for years, enjoyed many band trips to the USA with them, and also played at the Edinburgh Tattoo twice. Happily retired at age 60, have had a quadruple bypass surgery, two pacemakers, and other surgeries, still going strong at age 87, and walk my dog every day. You walk your dog every day. <laughs> yes, he's a Scottish terrier. Called Ryder. Called Ryder, okay. Now is it there... from Saskatchewan. <laughs> okay. Now when you were when you you had some, some some time you spent there in the military in Scotland. Yeah. I mean is there is there any is there any you, you got you got any stories of, of you know, from being in the military and, and, and things that you witnessed uh or uh, uh were involved in back then? Quite a bit. Well, the depot for the regiment was in Glasgow. It was Mary Hill Barracks. And I used to take the number 10 bus back home. And I was kept there for weeks after all the basic training. And I kept wanting to go on the drafts. The draft was going to Korea. The next draft was going to Malaya. And they kept giving me leave. And then the draft was gone, and then I wasn't there. I was back in the depot because I was teaching drums. Oh. <laughs> I haven't played since I was a young boy. Okay. Teaching <laughs> so they were using me, and I was glad of that. But I was fed up in the depot, and I asked the guy to take off because there were so many waiting men. And he took off, and I ended up in the draft going to the Middle East. But they made me up a lance corporal to escort two prisoners to go back to the Middle East to stand trial in a court martial. <laughs> and I was only 19 year old. You were 19. <laughs> to escorting two prisoners to the Middle East. <laughs> these are these, uh, it's quite true. Now these yeah. these were these were prisoners that you escorted back there. Yep. They had got out from Tel El Kabir but into Cairo. And they went to, and spent all the money they had. And when they were out of money, they gave themselves up to the British Embassy. And they flew them back to Britain. So they were going back to stand trial. Oh, so, so, so they got a free trip home is what you're saying. Yeah. And after their court martial, both of them get made up company sergeants and they put them in different companies in the battalion. That's, <laughs> that's the way things went in those days. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. It was unbelievable. So how long How long did you stay in the Middle East then? Did you just go and take them, them back? No, I was, was there it? for a year. No, I was there for a year. We were 90 miles out in the desert living in tents. No ablutions, nothing. It was a bucket of water. That was it. That was it. Then we went to went to Cyprus. We were there for security for the Queen, and then she didn't come. Oh, so, interesting. So, it was long stories. Then we went back, and the Seaforth Highlanders replaced us in the Middle East, and then we took the troop ship HMS Ken back to London, and we disembarked at Portsmouth. Then train to Salisbury Plain. That's where all the military was. Right. Salisbury Plain, near Stonehenge. 
I used to walk up to Stonehead on a Saturday and sit amongst the rocks. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. Well, I mean, everyone I know. knows Stonehenge. Well, I sat there before it was all glamorized now, and I think you've got to pay to... Well, you can't get into it right now. Right. So that's pretty hard. But we used to go up and sit in the hill. There was a RAF base over the hill, and that's where they had all the experimental planes. Sure. And the Vulcan bomber was just doing a trial run. <laughs> we used to watch it on a Saturday afternoon. There was nothing else we could do. <laughs> okay. Taking off and landing. Yeah. Well, you you know, yeah. t- talking about Stonehenge, I mean, yeah. you know, back then, was there really an understanding as to possibly what that was? And or or was it was it to you guys just a just a bunch of rocks on a hill? Just a big bunch of rocks away back thousands it was thousands of years. Sure. And it was all there and it wasn't taken over by the government then, but now it's by the like the parks department or oh, something. Oh sure, sure. And, and it's all fenced off and right now you're not allowed to get near it, no. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. But it was really interesting, no, going up there and sitting sitting amongst the big rocks, no? Oh, sure, sure. Quite a deal, no? So then I got back to Glasgow. We come up to Glasgow and we played all the parts. I transferred from the pipe band to the military band because I wanted to do the dance band and percussion. And we played all the parts with the biggest parts. Every part had a bandstand. We played all around Glasgow. Sure. We were there, then we went to the Edinburgh Tattoo. That was 1956. We did the Edinburgh Tattoo then. In those days, it was strictly military. There was no women in it or nothing, and no civilian people. It was all military. And then I went back in 2004 with the Canadian Scottish. I was 70, and I played the tattoo. I did the whole program. <laughs> I just wanted to do a couple of performances, and I did 11. <laughs> So it was tiring. Yeah, and after so, I got back, I got out of it. Yeah. So, so how did you? I mean, how how did you get started? Uh, you know, playing the drums like you did. We did with the boys' brigade when we were nine year old. Me and Jack went to the bagpipes, and Jack was a terrific piper, and he had all the music behind him. In fact. I had a baby grand piano up here in my other house. You never saw it. And Jack came in from Vietnam, and he was quite disturbed. He would go to the bedroom and shut the door and all this. No, but I had him up for two weeks. And then I heard about the piano, and he was just doing it with one finger. And he was doing the Persian market. He used to play the whole overture of the Persian market. But he started, it was still in his mind. He used to do it. And he was doing it on the, my baby grand with his one finger. With one and his finger. wife never knew he played the piano. He had a gold medal in it from the Irish Festival. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So And he played the trumpet too. He's just a natural. Oh, boy. And the drums. He could play every drum, bass, tenor, side, and terrific on the bagpipes. He was quite major in the Sixth Army Band for a while. Okay. Oh, down in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. Wait, now, 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 what year was it when you immigrated to Canada? I came in 1957. I went to the Paul River Pipe Band. And Paul River is a big paper mill. They had 10 machines. I didn't even know what Paul River was. 
I, I don't, I don't know I that there, I can tell you where Paul River is. <laughs> <laughs> it's up the coastline across from Vancouver Island, but quite a ways up. In those days, you had to take two ferries over and then a bus up, but they came and picked me up at the train. I came across the boat and four days on the train across Canada in January. In January? <laughs> it was actually fe- January, February. It was really bad. Oh, I Snow can all imagine. Away, you know? I can yeah. imagine. Uh, it was interesting. Never been back. But I started graveyard. I didn't even know what graveyard was. That night, because I went for my interview at the mill offices uh, at five o'clock, they said, oh, you're working graveyard tonight. I guess what? <laughs> we were staying at a hotel. And I said, okay. I, I had to go into the graveyard with an Italian suit. <laughs> I had no clothes. <laughs> my, I was waiting my trunk coming. <laughs> no, it was quite exciting. So I stuck it six months. And then a friend, uh, Jack, played up in the nine month fact his name was Donaldson too, Jimmy. Okay. And he'd been a he'd been a prisoner of war in the Middle East. He'd been a piper with the HLI as well, the same regiment I was in. And his son ended up as a doctor in Victoria and he played the bagpipes too. In fact I was just talking to him the other day. It's just a small world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. So 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 the trip the trip from Scotland to Canada, yeah, was was that on board a boat? Was that uh, on board the HM or you, whatever you call it, the Scythia, Canad Line, the Scythia. Okay. S C Y T H I A, and that took quite a while coming across the Atlantic. It was very rough. Okay. And then the train from Halifax all across Canada. <laughs> okay, so you came into you came into Halifax. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then the train and then in the, the middle of the winter. Middle of the winter. It was bad all the way. In fact, we stopped at Winnipeg. I'd met some Canadian troops on board, and they were underage, and I managed to get them some beer. I didn't drink, but I went off and got <laughs> about half a dozen beer in Winnipeg, and it was 30 below. <laughs> but the I beer, never the, felt so cold. Yeah, the beer wasn't frozen, was it? Yeah, but I didn't have the clothes. <laughs> I was wearing a suit. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Um. No. So, 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 what was the main reason why you ended up out here in British Columbia then? I was offered the job with the Paul River Pipe Band. Oh, okay. okay, okay. They had their own pipe band and they were bringing them all out from Scotland. They wanted to beat the Seaport Highlanders, who were the top dogs on the coast of Vancouver. And management said they would get a first class pipe band in this. We're bringing them all out. The lead drummer came from the Edinburgh Police Band, George Pride. 
So it was a small world. So, so, so they they recruited you to be in their pipe yep. band, and at the Through same the time, and, at yep. the same time, offered you a job. Sure, yeah. Okay. To play with the company pipe band. Yep. Okay. So okay. that that was why no. Then I left, went to Nanaimo after six months, and there wasn't that much work. Then we worked for a dollar an hour, and you name it. There was no no work in those days. Everybody was on strike, but I was teaching drums and playing dance band, so I survived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do did you? Well, I guess I guess in a pipe band, there's no need for a piano player, though, is there? No, 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 no. And no, of course, I remember my dad, my dance drums. Uh, I bought them in Glasgow and I uh, paid for them. I used to send the money home and I paid them. That was the first time you ever had, like they called it, higher purchase. My mother wouldn't do it. My dad did. He went and he signed up. And I said, no, I'll mail the check. I'll mail the money every every Friday when we get paid. And I mailed the money and paid the drums off that. Right. Okay. Because okay. <laughs> I was playing dance band in the army too. <laughs> now, did your, did your parents ever have an opportunity to come see you when you were over here? Who? Your parents. Oh yeah, they come up here. They, she came. She moved out to Los Angeles, San Francisco, where Jack okay. was. He was stationed there at okay. the studio for a while. Okay. And she moved out there, and her brother and sister went there too. So they all come out, and I used to drive down. In fact, I took the grandkids. Oh Jesus! It was seven thirty at Port Angeles, and I was in the Oakland Bridge at nine thirty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Those days, I drove fast. You drove <laughs> real <DA>. fast. <laughs> it was. I only stopped for gas and coffee. And right. the kids were sleeping in the back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, you can't go, can't do that. Stupid, no. No, no, but I used to drive not. fast. Absolutely No, I used not. to drive up and down to L.A. quite a bit. Then they moved to L.A., no. So, it was quite a bit. <clears throat> But they're all gone. She lived till she was what, ninety eight, something like that, no? Okay, okay. And she was still yeah. she was still down in California? Yeah, she was down in Los Angeles there. Okay. The young brother, he worked for the Fuji Films and travelled quite a bit. Then he got moved to Los Angeles. So my mother moved down there, no. And she was there till she passed away, so that was sure. it. Sure. Yeah. Did did your dad ever come to visit here? Yeah, he was there too. Yeah. Okay, yep. so he, he was, was in good. California too. Yeah, he was in San Francisco, and he ended up working at Del Monte Foods for quite okay. a bit. So okay. every time I went down there, I would come back with cases of fruit. <laughs> <laughs> no, he worked hard, no. Yeah. He encouraged me with a dance band. Oh, okay. Now, was there yep. any? Was there any? Uh, uh, with your brother and yourself and your musical yeah. history, was any of that? Did, did, did either of your parents have have uh, any talent uh, like that? My mother said that everyone in the family, she had from a big family, they, they all had gone to the piano. Okay. And they forced us at the piano. Sometimes we didn't want to do it, and there was a, fin a five-finger belt across our legs. That's... <laughs> 
I'd say, be sitting listening and saying, that's not right. <laughs> Do it again. Another half hour. <laughs> no, it paid off. <laughs> yeah, I can only so, imagine that. Now, Yeah, that was the old style. No, they wouldn't go away with it nowadays. No. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, your brother, yeah. your brother, where's your brother at today? He passed away quite oh, a few years ago. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. After his open heart. He was a heavy smoker. Then he had the bypass okay. surgery. We saw him down there at the Fort Lewis Hospital. And then he had the cartoid arteries done in his neck, too. And he never really went back to doctors. And he just kept smoking. And that was it. No? Oh, sure. Yeah. I so can. he passed away. You know, one Saturday night, his wife was away to bingo. And in fact, she's down in Texas now. Phyllis, that was his wife. She's 90, I think she's 95. 95. So she's getting on too, yeah. Yeah. And our son, John Donaldson, the son, he's just getting over throat cancer. He's went through all the radiation. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's really bad, you know, quite bad. So they finally took the feeding tube out of his stomach and he can swallow a bit now, but they've got to give him heavy medication to swallow. Sure. So sure. he's taking liquid right now but so far it seems to be doing okay but it's a very bad cancer yes he's yes. about 56 57 somewhere like that. yeah that's yeah. that's well that's my age too so is it yeah i was wondering yeah because his other he was in the navy for a while and his other brother was in the army he was in iraq you no know, and he buggered up his back <laughs> so he's been going through the be you know. sure oh it happens no <clears throat> So you didn't have well, any you didn't have any military experience with the Canadian government. Just the reserves. I was in the Canadian reserves okay. for nearly forty years. Okay. Well, I joined them in the Naimo in nineteen fifty-seven September. Okay. And then I got promoted up to staff sergeant <clears throat> again, teaching drums and passing exams. <laughs> and I went to Victoria in nineteen sixty to work for the BC government in the Purchasing Commission. Okay. And I stayed there for eight years, eight and a half years, and I was still in the Canadian Scottish. And then we had a new pipe major come in, and he wanted rid of all the older guys, but we wouldn't do it. But I ended up going as a support company sergeant major. So I stuck it as support company sergeant major for another 10 months, and I just scored. Sayonara, I'm finished. You're done. That was it. Yeah, but I was still with a pipe band, so I was playing. We started up an association band, and it's big now. A sure. lot of the guys that get out, or the reserves are in the association band, and they've got a big pipe band now. Yeah, yeah okay. They're doing okay. good. Now, while you were in the right. reserves, while you were in the oh, reserves, yeah. you had the opportunities to come down here to the States, correct? Oh, we were down in the States. That's where I met Mary. I met Mary at the BBC. At the BBC in Lakewood. Yeah, the, the uh, restaurant. Yes, the restaurant. Yes, I know. That's yeah. where I met, I met Mary there. We always had a dinner on the Thursday night after we get paid, and we would go for steak and lobster the uh, the Black Angus. The Black Angus. But this year, we, this year we went down. The Black Angus didn't have a banquet room. They changed everything. 
into cubicles. So one of the pipers that was organising it, he was a policeman here, and he come up to me in the barracks. He says, Tom, you better come when we get your kilt on. I can't find a banquet room. And we ended up at the BBC, and Mary was at the podium, and I saw her later on that night, and then she closed the doors and the whole after hours and the whole band was in the cocktail bar. <laughs> Long stories. And funny enough, I met her nephew the year before. He was a policeman from Perth. And him and his buddy, a policeman, were in the restaurant, but Mary was at home. Oh, okay. And one of the waitresses said to me, there's two Scottish guys sitting up there, and I was up talking to them. And I didn't realise that Morris was her nephew to after we get married. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. And he's working off and on with the SAS. He's getting up in age now. He goes away all the time, security for the rich, rich on the yachts. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So, now, 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 what was it that brought you down here to uh, McCord? Were oh, you, we were, used to go down there every year to the training okay so you were you were like they, you were doing some training with with the u.s yeah, 14, air force 14 days training at fort lewis we do okay. fire and range and over and all oh okay and the pipe okay. band did the pipe band did the same we were all infantrymen okay yeah we did lots of firing yeah so were you guys i mean when when you guys came down here were you were you were you playing for them or anything played, like that yes we played as well. We played all over whoever wanted us, you know. Okay. Yep, we played quite a bit. And we did parades every morning, and we went to San Diego, San Diego to the recruit depot, and we played down there for the recruit parade. Okay. At the recruit depot in San Diego, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we stayed there for two weeks, so. Okay, okay. Yeah, but quite a lot. Then they've stopped ever with this COVID. There's nothing going on right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, yeah. I did. You know, you did have have one little mention there of your kilt, and of course, yeah. you know, everyone wants to know. Yeah, there's nothing that hates. What's under the kilt? Everything that bites. Everyone... <laughs> did you say every? What did you say? Say that again. Everything that bites. Everything that bites is under the kilt. Yes, <laughs> okay. and I'm a, a man of few words. Give me your hand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, don't put that. Don't put that. Don't put that. <laughs> <laughs> now, does that, does, that, does that also apply to the drummers in the pipe band, too? All the drummers, yeah. All the drummers, yeah. okay. You, you won't believe it. I, I had 16 drummers at once. And uh, the policeman that actually got me introduced to Mary, he collided here with another police car and was in a coma for 31 years and died. Oh, my goodness. It was terrible. I used to go and visit him every day. And it was, when he had moved them to sure. another place, sure. I would go once a week. No, no, it was terrible. They should have pulled the plug years ago. Oh, he was a great guy, and he got his law degree, and they talked him in to join the police force here. And the two, it was a dog handler and him, the two police collided, two police cars collided, and he got T-boned. They should have pulled the plug right away, wow. brain, brain damage, yeah. 
Yeah. No, it was terrible. No, I still think of Ian all the time. No. Yeah. Great guy, great party animal. <clears throat> no. Any, so, any, okay, so so how long how how long have you been and Mary been married now? Oh God, must be what eighty two, eighty three. So it's quite a lot. Has it been that long? Oh, it's quite yeah, it's a long time. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because she came to the other house and we bought this one. No. Yes. Many years have we been married? Since 1982. Okay. So, okay. You know, uh, I, yeah. I I hear Mary there in the background, and uh, oh, she's watching the she's watching the politics. <laughs> oh, can can it, did you have, can can she come over and speak on the phone real quickly to me? Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, why don't she speak quickly to you? She's got going to get the other phone. I'll turn the TV off. <laughs> Hi, Sean. Hello there. <laughs> Okay, I, no. I'm actually watching Jeopardy. Okay, well we're <laughs> that's we're, okay. That's not it's not a problem. Okay. It's not a problem. So, so how are you guys doing? Well, we're doing fine, but I do want to know one thing here. Um, okay. When it comes to the kilts, <laughs> what's underneath the kilts? Um. Oh my gosh! What is it? My nephew used to say. Well, because uh, I don't know the Tom's. What's What's worn under it? Yeah, well, well actually, they wear, they wear underwear under it. Okay, they do. They do. Well, you know, the joke is always that, that they don't. Right. But they actually do uh, okay. wear. Okay. That's not true. It's kilts up, being it's out charge. Don't listen to him. You have to don't say that one more time. <laughs> kilts up, being it out charge <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks everyone for joining us tonight again to remind you if you have someone you think might be a popular guest for us uh, please send out a quick email to the veneration nation at outlook.com and uh, please tune in next week for our next episode thank you very much